Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. How do you do? May your Thursday be bright and merry. I am Dan Day. And on the way, you're going to hear from the Joe Rose Show, talking to former Dolphin Kim Bocamper. Dan Levitard Show. They're still all in on the Marlins, but could the season be ruined? We'll have to wait and see. Then Hawk and Crowder, Hurricanes history made today. Plus, we'll blow on it. Not to mention it's National IPA Day, so that's something to celebrate. Right now, let's celebrate some headlines. The Heat and Milwaukee currently in the third quarter, and the Bucks have just overcome the Heat's 23-point lead and now have taken a one-point lead. It is 82-81. Good news? Sort of? Jimmy Butler and Goran Dragic are not playing. Ugh. The Canes football team's revamped schedule has been released. They open Thursday, September 10th against UAB at Hard Rock Stadium. The Marlins beat Baltimore 1-0, then 2-1 yes- in yesterday's doubleheader. They go for the sweep tonight at 7.35. The Panthers staved off elimination yesterday, downing the Islanders 3-2. They trailed the best-of-five series 2-1 and played tomorrow at noon here on 560 The Joe. Wideout Albert Wilson has opted out while D-lineman Davin Godchow has been placed on the COVID-19 list. Miami opens in New England September 13th. Former Canes coach Jim Morris has been elected to the College Baseball Hall of Fame. He won national championships at the U in 1999 and 2001. Heat forward Udonis Haslam has started his own fashion line. Heart and Soul is a lifestyle brand inspired by the diversity and culture of Miami. And now, let's go ahead and take a step into the day spa. <sighs> Scottsdale, Arizona police were able to lasso an emu as it ran around Roadrunner Road. An emu on Roadrunner Road. Talk about an identity crisis. A Virginia man recently bought 25 identical lotto tickets for the same drawing and won 25 times. I guess it's crazy only if it doesn't work. An Australian radio host has broken the record for longest Hot Wheels track. I would say with quarantine, us radio people have too much time on our hands, but really, we always have too much time on our hands. A woman brought home balloons to her husband to surprise him, and it did. Instead of it saying happy birthday, there was a misspelling that had it saying happy girth day. Freudian slip? Maybe. 
A Florida Burger King worker was shot and killed because a customer thought that their order was taking too long. Hey, Florida man, cool your jets. The food there isn't that good. Now on to weather. Tonight's forecast has a chance of rain with temperatures in the low 80s. This morning, the Joe Rose Show back at it again. Joe Rose, Kimbo Camper, rubbing elbows like they did back in the day on the Dolphins. What's Kimbo Camper bringing to the big show? Oh, you know he's got you covered when it comes to the Dolphins. But more specifically, would any old school Dolphin have opted out? Mm, Should be an interesting answer to that. Also, what will the Dolphins do after the opt-outs? Tua, is he in a Marino situation? And what will Dieter do? I got a text today I want to share it with you. Would any of your 45 teammates have opted out when you played? Bo, would any of your teammates have opted out of the 45 guys? No. Well, and I'll tell you I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. It's not back then you, you weren't making enough money to opt out. You were made Look, I'm not I I never complained about the the money I was making compared to what they're making now because but because even then you know, we were, we were making a, a, a good amount of money, you know, based on, on, on the normal person's salary. So no, I'm not whining about that, but, but you weren't making enough to where you got some of these guys, especially like the guys in New England who've all played in Super Bowls and playoff games. You know, they're sitting on the stockpile of cash where if they decide to opt out, it's not going to hurt them that much financially and they can stay safe. So I think it's, you know, it's more reasonable for guys to do it now than it would have been back in our just from the financial standpoint. Yeah. Now, there's a big difference between the 35,000 bases in the 40s and yeah. 50s that uh, guys well, are well, making Joe, and you, what they're making Joe, now. Just remember back to the year that we went on strike. It was 81, 82, right. whatever, that, right. that year. And we were, we were out for about, I don't know, I don't know what it was, six, eight weeks. I don't know how many weeks it was. But you, you remember the financial strain that put on you? And you had no choice. You know, you really had no choice back then. So put yourself in a situation now where, you know, you're, you're in that financial situation where you're doing well. But but if the money's not coming in, you're not. And so a different, a whole different, whole different way of looking at things back there. Now now had the money not been a case, I think there probably would have been a handful of people that opted out. Yeah, well, I don't know, my, man. Well, I don't know about that. Bo. To Joe this morning was I thought back to those teams in the early '80s, late '70s. I would have thought the first guy I could see that would opt out from those teams would definitely be Bob Kuchenberg, right? No, no, hell no, no. <laughs> No. I'm just trying to bait you, Bo. That was just bad for baking water there. That's it. Cooch had called you and goes, you're going to what? Bo, I got to tell you, when his name got brought up this morning and Joe said there's just 0% chance Cooch would, somebody texted in, Cooch would have a bath in a tub of COVID-19. Yeah. He'd have taken yeah, it on. Yeah. Where is it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. Find me the biggest party and put me in the middle of it and screw this thing. <laughs> he and if I have it, right, I'm not right. telling you. Let's go play, damn yeah, it. I'm not worried right, about that's it. Right. Bo, where do we go? Opt out now uh, with Alan Hearns and Albert Wilson. Yeah. I, Isaiah Ford moves up. It's great opportunity for him. Jakeem Grant, but... Yep. Do we, got, do we have to go get another veteran guy, or do we go with the guys well, that we have and find another one? I saw where Chad Ochocinco is looking is, is trying to get a job with the Dolphins. So maybe there's an option there. You know, some guy that's 50 years old or whatever he is is going to run <laughs> run an O-cut down the field or whatever. But, no, I, you know what? It's funny because you went when pre-draft, even post-draft, when you looked at this football team, you thought, well, well, what's what's the position of strength? And I think nine times out of ten, you go to the receiver position. You know, because you have Parker and Albert Wilson and, and 
and Jakeem and Preston Williams coming back, Isaiah Ford, Alan Hearn. You look pretty good at that group. Now, all of a sudden, you take two out of the mix, and, and now, yeah, there is, there is some questions. And, and to me, I think the first thing that, that popped into my mind was that the kid Malcolm Perry that they drafted from uh, Navy. You know, he's, he's, a guy, he's, he's one of these do-it-all guys, and, and I think he's a guy that probably would have got a look at running back and maybe a little bit as, a, as, a, as a, a, an option quarterback that he did in college, but you know, also as a running back, or I mean, also as a wide receiver or a slot guy. So I would imagine he's going to get a little more look at that slot position than hey, I'm sure he was going to anyway, but maybe a little more than, uh, than he would then. But it's hard because, Joe, with these guys now, you can't, if there's a guy out on the street, you can't just say, hey, come on, come on to camp and, and, uh, and try out, you know, and let's put you out in the field, see what you look like, and maybe give you a contract. I don't think they can do that these days. Can't bring these guys in. So that, that, that hamstrings in a situation. But I still think there's enough talent there. You could probably get by and, and, and maybe pick somebody up late in the, you know, when, when, uh, when teams cut down to the, to the regular, regular roster size to pick somebody up. But I, I don't know that they'll have to go out and, and chase somebody down right now. Well, we've talked to a bunch of uh, football people since uh, everyone started reporting and we're actually talking football on the field now. No preseason games, hardly any camp. Mm-hmm. Do you see any scenario where we walk out for week one in New England for that game and, and Tua is the starting quarterback? I do, because I, I, I honestly believe that, you know, once he passed his physical and, and uh, you know, they're having, they're having the opportunity to look at him during these con- this conditioning portion of training camp, I, I think everyone is, is, is kind of in a lockstep to this deal where it's, Hey, let's put all three guys out there. Let's put Fitz and Rosen and, and two out there and let and give put them all on equal footing. You know, obviously they're going to give Fitzpatrick the you know he's going to be the guy to run with the starters to get going. But you know, you know, Joey, you, you're probably you you probably got a better feel on this when you know when you because you were there when Danny came in and 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 everyone knew at training camp what Danny was and everyone knew what his skills were and and everyone you know, was anxious to see him. But but you know, Shula said, well, let me just let me let me keep him down. We still got we still have a quarterback here that took us to a super. Super Bowl the year before in David Woodley. You know, I know, everyone knows that she was just looking for the opportunity to get him in there right. and slide slide him in. So I would think there's the same feeling if Tua, during this period, once they get the football in their hands and start going through practices and stuff, you know, if, if Tua shows that same kind of leadership, ability, smarts, and, and that the reason that he's been, he's been the guy that's been talked about as a quarterback for the last three years, four years, is because he's got an innate ability to make plays that other guys don't. And so if you see that and he's healthy and you go through training camp, now opening day may be a little bit of a stretch. Three weeks later, may not be so much of a stretch. Yeah. But but yeah, it wouldn't I, – I, but all, that all being said, I, I wouldn't – I would not be the least bit shocked if, if he's your opening day starter. Funny you said that because everybody brings up the Marino situation. I finally – I remember part of it, but I didn't remember the whole thing. Like, David Woodley was bad for like three straight weeks of really bad yeah. first-half football, and it was putting a strain on you guys defensively. We weren't scoring, and this is coming off that Super Bowl, so we had a really good football team, and it, it was – it was clear to you guys on defense. It was clear to all the receivers that that dude wearing number 13 was really good. Yeah. And he was ready. And he came in the second half and played in, in a couple of games and marches up and down the field. And, and we're like, uh-oh, he, he got no choice. The fans see it. We see it. Yep. The coach sees it. And so he made the change. And 20 years later, you know. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks yeah. to ever play. So uh, I, I do kind of wonder if it's like get out there, see how 
Fitzpatrick does, but I would not be surprised early, Bo, if uh, if Tua picks this thing up and gets a chance to, to well, play. Well, I, well, you, I know, you know what's funny? You know, you, know what's, you know what's come off the table really since they drafted Tua? Oh, that hit. You know, geez, you can't play with that. You know, they give him another year. Give that hip another year right. to heal. You know, and get him out there. I haven't heard a word no, of that since much. they drafted no. him. That one's disappeared. Since that's health. dead. Right. I think that thing's dead health. and buried right now. Well, I got to ask you a question about the offensive line when they throw all five together week one, and we think we know at least that Eric Flowers will be at one of those guard spots. Yep. The center spot might be up. The tackles are the real big question where Jesse Davis is going to be. But when they line up that five uh, for week one and Michael Dieter somehow is not in that five, are we getting close to – I mean, we're all disappointed a little bit on this play so far, but are we getting close to saying this guy might be a bust? I'm not. I thought he did some stuff last year that, you know, that I think he hit a little bit of a wall last year. I'm willing to give him the off season to get a little stronger. You know, much like, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of the way I kind of look at him the way I looked at Gusecki last year going into training camp. Disappointing rookie year, but, you know, you could tell he needed to get a little stronger. He needed to get in the weight room. He needed to do this and that. And he did all that stuff. And then the addition of, now I'm not, I'm not discounting the addition of Ryan Fitzpatrick, what he meant to Mike Gusecki and Devontae Parker, but you saw a different a, a different Mike Gusecki in year two than you did year one, and I'm, I'm kind of expecting the same thing uh, out of Michael Dieter. Now, is he going to be as impactful as, as, uh, as Gusecki was last year? I don't know, but I expect him to be able to be better, and I expect him to battle for that spot and not give it up, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you know week one you're sitting there and your offensive line is Austin Jackson at left tackle, Eric Flowers at the left guard. Ted Karras, I think, is, is there's no question he's going to be the starting center and then Robert Hunt can you know and Kinley Solomon or Solomon Kinley can they you know and grab that that spot from Dieter if not then Jesse Davis may grab that spot you know the the, the guy that's really the key the, the 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 unique guy is Jesse Davis because you know they've got Jesse working out center now so he could play every position on that offensive line. So is there more value to him being a guy that can back up everybody, or can he be? Is he more value to put in there and, uh, and maybe that right tackle spot rather than uh, Hunt or or uh, or Kinley if those those guys are? I think you're going to see at least two of those rookies be part of this offensive line one way or another. You know, Hunt can play guard or tackle. Uh, Jackson, I don't think there's any question he's the left tackle there, but that Dieter spot and Jesse Davis are, are the uh, intriguing moves as to what's going to happen with this offensive line. But I, I got, I, I think you, you know, to me, uh, I, I want to get as many, get those rookies in and get as many live reps with them as possible and kind of throw them to the wolves going in that guard spot. That's, that's, kind of held by Dieter but held loosely by Dieter right now is going to be a valuable it's going to be a, it's going to be a popular spot to try to get some reps and grab that that position I would I would assume there's no way they release him though I, I think he gets every no, opportunity no. Michael Dieter not year two of being a third round pick well, well, I, I don't know look Michael Dieter didn't play he wasn't an all pro last year but he certainly wasn't the worst player I've ever seen on the football field on offensive line and again no question he's got to get stronger he's got to get a better base he's got to be able to to change you know, his, his lateral movement's got to get better, and, and he's got to get a little more pop. But, you know, this guy played a lot of football in Wisconsin. He's played a lot of football already his rookie after his rookie year. I, I'm, I'm expecting him not – I'm not expecting him to be a pushover in this deal. You know, but we talk so much about all those guys – offensively, I think a real key to this team is going to be the four key D free agents that they paid 
a lot of money for Van Noy, yeah. Jones, Lawson, and Ogba. I I think we need all four of those guys to not necessarily all be great, but they need to be really good and, and big upgrades. Do you agree with that? Uh, no, no doubt about it. You know, Kyle Van Noy, that guy's been annoying me ever since I saw him up in New England. When I, before, I remember the first time I saw him, I go, Van Noy, who the hell is that? And then every year, every year after that, I go, oh, geez, damn Van Noy, he's going to kill us again. <laughs> there he is again, damn it. <laughs> there he is. There he is again. So I, you know, so I, I hope he, you know, I, I hope he's what we expect out of him and, and Ogbon Lawson. You know, giving you some big guys out on the edge. But but I think also Joe, these you know these edge rushers. You know, Van Ginkle's got to try to show you something. You know, hopefully you, this kid Curtis Weaver's got a little something that, that he can throw in there. But you got Van Ginkle, you got Trent Harris, Aguavin, a bunch of these guys that, that can be you know edge guys for you and rushers. So I think they've got a a good mix of guys in there in that in that that on that defensive side. But when when you look at either, whether it's free agent, whether it's trades, whether it's draft choices, well, I just think this defense on paper looks much, much better from Look, this, this is a this is a team that gave up they 23 sacks last year. You know, they 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 gave, gave up like 400 yards a game, 135 yards rushing a game. It was like, you know, a hot knife through butter with these guys. Minus 10 in the giveaway-takeaway ratio. They've got to be much better than that. I mean, they, they've got to they, find a way to run the football on offense and on defense. They need to find a way to shut the running game down and let that talented secondary help the pass rushers up front to put some pressure on the quarterback. But but I, I, like, the, I like all the guys that they brought in. I like kind of the way they, they fit in. Raquan Davis is going to be a guy that's going be really interested to see what he's going to be after watching what he did in Alabama. As many cornerbacks as you have back there now, you know, you could shake out a pretty good secondary out of that group if everyone's healthy. That should be fun. Hey, before we let you go, man, I had a great lunch with my family at Bose Beach again. We got the awesome. upper deck opened up. The beach was yeah. beautiful. The girls in the bikinis when nobody was looking at me looked beautiful skating up and down next to the beach. Thank you. Well, well you know, the good thing about that, Joe, is that you, you, you were right there on A1A, so you got the A1A and you got the beach and you got the girls and, and you can always say, you know, when you always look at the girls on the beach and they go, what are you looking at? go, did you see that car that just went by? That, man, that was a nice <laughs> the ocean. Was a nice car. Those beautiful man, boats. Yeah, the whole yeah, deal. Man, right. Look at that, look at yeah, that view. Dude. Look at that view. Right. Man, I haven't seen a gremlin in a long time. <laughs> Yeah, that's nice. Well, thanks as always uh, for the time. We appreciate it. Bo, buddy. thank you, buddy. All right, guys. Take care. Kim Bocamper, what's not to like? He's smooth, a restaurateur, a former dolphin. Great analysis on the dolphins and the upcoming season. Not to mention he was an Ace Ventura pet detective, actor, thespian, renaissance man. Love it when Bocamper visits with Joe Rose and They kind of just joke around and get to the seriousness, then get back to joking around. Kind of like being in the locker room of the Dolphins back in the 80s. Ah, the Gradies. Speaking of the Gradies, Dan Levitard show, always great from 10 to 1 right here on 560. The Joe, here's a taste of it. A baseball team. And you have an outbreak. Instead of having your game postponed, it should be a loss for you. Is Mina Kimes hating on the Mar Lins? I'm going to find out in about five minutes here on the Best of the Joe Show. (laughs) 
This is the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day. Yes, some new order. Blue Monday. If you're hitting the dance floor in the 80s, you know you hit this. Of course, new order. Originally the band Joy Division, their lead singer Ian Curtis passed away. The surviving members of Joy Division formed New Order. They didn't want to redo the same thing just with a new singer or just a new sound. They just made a whole different type of band with a whole different type of music. Instead of singing the kind of post-wave, post-punk rock, they made this dancey, beautiful music. How does it feel? Tell me how does it feel? That's my best impression, but no. The real thing is always the best thing. If you enjoyed that, you're going to enjoy this even more. You're enjoying the Marlins season, right? Phew, they're number one. Well, Mina Kimes might want to bring you down a little bit on the Dan Lebetard show. Dan Lebetard and the guys, Mina Kimes. Could the Marlins season be ruined? Should the fish just take the L? And of course... We check in with Fake Stugatz. Billy, can you just tell me how you would describe your relationship with Mina? I like Mina. I mean, I think we're, you know, acquaintances. Thank you, I Billy, would... for nothing. Uh, <laughs> Mina, how would you describe your relationship with Billy? Because you attacked him as soon as he arrived again. And Billy, you're just exasperating. When I need a lot, you give me a little. And when I need a little, you give me a lot. Like, you're just a perpetual exasperation. Just turn your microphone off. I don't want to talk to you. Mina, how would you describe your relationship with Billy? I have the perfect analogy. It's like when you have a cat for a really long time and it's been your only pet and you, you know, you maybe you have a menagerie of other animals, but the point is you only have one cat. That's Billy. He's the cat in this scenario. Dan, you're the owner. Then one day you see another cat walking down the street in an alley and you think, oh, what a cute little kitten. Cats like each other, right? Despite not having any, you know, research or idea how cats get along. So you bring the new cat home. The way those two cats would interact, and I think most situations based on my knowledge of like cat dynamics, is how Billy and I interact. Not necessarily fighting, nothing overt, nothing aggressive, uh, but not really friends, right? You can't really deduce how they feel about each other. They're just two cats. Two cats that fight, by the way, because, uh, what do you mean, no? Uh, Don't say, no, Mina, when you got here- Just a couple of cats, Dan, you know. Mina, when you got into our environment, uh, the place that you decided to attack, uh, you you surveyed the environment and you were Mm -hmm. like, well, I am not an aggressive person. I need to establish something here in the prison yard. I'm going to go after the weakest- of the links. That's what it felt like happened here. The the most neurotic of the links. But that was a one-time thing. That was the alley cat coming in, seeing the pampered house cat and wanting to briefly assert dominance, but then kind of letting it go after a while. And you know what? He stays away from my litter box now. He doesn't mess with me. And I think we're, we've reached an equilibrium. Okay, well, I think, though, that that's about to be ruined right now because oh, no. Mina has an idea, Billy, that would totally ruin the Marlin season. This is an idea she really actually mm. believes in. It's not an idea I've heard. I've, I haven't heard this idea espoused by anybody. Explain to me where you heard it and what it is that you believe has some plausibility here first of all i put it in the document of ideas and i the way i described it was someone told me this i think it's interesting i didn't really throw my weight behind it i want to make that very clear um the person who i heard from however is a high-ranking sports person i won't say what sport 
uh, but it's an executive. Okay, we've been watching. We've been talking about what's been going on in baseball. And he suggested to me and we were talking about the probability that all these postponed games will even happen. And we were talking about the fact that there's this kind of awkward, not awkward, but you've got the commissioner of baseball basically trying to push the blame onto the players. You've got people asking, well, maybe there should be some personal accountability in all of this, like everything. But, you know, not wanting to completely let the commissioner get off scot-free. So the idea is this. If you're a team, a baseball team, and you have an outbreak... Instead of having your game postponed, it should be a loss for you. That way, you're not punished financially. Yeah, I guess if it hurts your chances to get to the playoffs, there's bonuses there. But it's not like a dramatic, oh my God, I'm being held accountable for my you know, teammates' bad behavior. It would compel self-regulation. Because here's a punishment nobody wants. You know, if you're a team, you want to make it to the playoffs. You want to win games. So you're more likely to tell your teammate, hey man, don't go to that casino. Or if you're the Marlins... Do you really need a milk right now? Don't go out for a milk. What do you think? Billy, so you've been very excited about the way the Marlins have started the season. What are they now? After winning a doubleheader against the Orioles, 5-1. 5-1, and one. Five and one, Dan. Or, Best team in baseball. Or, as Chris Cody says, 13.5 and, and 2.7 based on the prorated uh, right. rate of basically 2 point. Yes, yeah, see, Mina made the face that I made during the local hour, uh, not understanding this math. Chris, why don't you explain it to Mina here so that she understands what the Marlins' record is today before we get to Billy's thoughts on Mina saying the Marlins should take losses for getting sick. <laughs> Every game in a 60-game season is worth 2.7 games from what it would be in a normal season, Mina. So the Marlins are 5-1. and one. We take the 5, we times it by 2.7, we get 13.5. The Marlins are 13.5 and 2.7 to start the season, and I'm fired up. I just love the fact that you say times it still as an adult. As a He's an old. I was explaining it. I'm teaching. I'm teaching. Believe it or not, that went a lot better this time around than last you time around. You should have heard yeah. how he tried to explain it during the local hour, but he is a total unmitigated oaf, and that's what he does. He times it. So how do you feel about what it is that Mina's suggesting there, even though she's suggesting a diluted version of it, putting on an, on a, on an unnamed executive that may or may not be from baseball and also saying that she put it in a document without full weight behind it as if her full weight behind anything would mean anything and <laughs> she did say uh i thought this idea was reasonable she did say that that is something that hmm. sounds like putting a lot of your weight behind it so billy your thoughts are what here because she's not she it's not an idiotic thought i mean i'm glad that we're cats that stay in separate litter boxes because geez that took a long time to get to and I mean, this probability talk seems boring to me. So you think people should be punished for getting sick? Okay, sorry, I mean, I mean, it seems like the sickness is punishment enough, but I guess we'll give them losses too. I'm just suggesting that okay, we're all facing as a nation, as a world, as a society, but certainly as individual sports, how do you solve this problem of the commons, right? This problem where this disease, you can be... Uh, a person who does everything right and wears your masks and follows the rules. But if you run into the wrong person on the wrong day and they do the wrong thing, you're screwed. And there's no natural solution for this other than actually, you know, making a bubble and enforcing it uh, with an outside source. So I'm suggesting that perhaps, you know, you could call it even a system of incentives. Think of it this way instead of a system of punishments. If you play by the rules, you got a chance of winning an incentive what was that mumbled voice thing that you did there what were you trying to convey with the the, the muttering um oh well the real like it's the bubble right I mean, obviously they should have had a bubble hey I, I mean that's the whole sort of problem with all of this and every 
non-bubble sport. I just like didn't feel like relitigating that for the 10,000th time. Dan hated the bubble idea for baseball. It was so strange. But what do you do if you're like one of these people that gets it that's following the rules and someone that's a rule breaker gives it to you? Now you just lose because you had bad luck? First of all, you're not losing the whole season. It's probably how many how many games did the Marlins miss that are now losses? I mean, three, or, three or four, three or four, five. Okay. No, they missed like a week, but by Chris's math, it's like 17 games. <laughs> let me, okay, you know what? Let me apply it to this situation, uh, maybe drawn out analogy. What if you guys knew if one of you caught it, there would be no show for the day? Wouldn't you be more likely to, if let's say you're Billy and you see a picture of Chris, he's tagged on Instagram, he's at a bachelor party with his boys out fishing, just not wearing a mask. Wouldn't you be more likely to text him? He's making like bro faces right now and say, hey, man, I don't know how you guys talk to each other, but stop, bro. Why are you doing that? That was a question for you. <laughs> that was a serious question. Wouldn't, if, if there was a system of, you know, a punitive system in play, wouldn't you be more likely to self-regulate? I would. I actually think I actually don't think this is a crazy idea. I don't think like the first time you get sick, you should be just get losses. But if it becomes like a, a repetitive thing, like, like maybe mm. seven games, you can have seven postponed games because of this. But once you get past that, they're all losses. Like if this happens again to the Marlins, they all just start becoming losses. I'm with that. I don't think you should just start at losses, but there should be a threshold maybe. Mullah games. All right. Excellent work out of you, Billy. As always, uh, Mina Kimes will accuse me of uh, rooting against sports in the next segment. Uh, But here is the fake Stugat. Uh, Billy, you were a special kind of terrible in that segment. Uh, Thanks, Dano. (laughs) And since we know that you've been missing golf, we here at ESPN Radio teamed up with our friends at the PGA to give you all something big to look forward to in 2021. This is your chance to win a VIP experience to the 2021 PGA Championship at the World Class Island Golf Resort. <laughs> For your chance to win, go to www.espnradiosweeps.com to enter now through August 11th, limited to one entry. One grand prize winner will be selected. Visit www.espnradiosweeps.com for official rules. You got to say the name, no? You don't want to say the name? You don't want to say the name? You can't say the name? I don't blame you if you can't say Uh, the name. Let's see here. Let me give it a chance. Uh, Quinoa. Quinoa Island Resort. (laughs) Golf Resort. You do a better Stugats than Stugats. Gotta love the fake Stugats. If you weren't paying too much of attention... You would be like, oh, that's just Stugatz being Stugatz. But nope, nope, nope. Some fake Stugatz and Mina Kimes. Come on. Give the Marlins a break. Inter-Miami hasn't won a match. The Marlins haven't won in years. Come on, Mina. Marlins. All in on the Marlins. Oh, man. Got to be all in on the Heat. They are tied at 1-11 with about five minutes left to play. Come on. My Pelicans already lost today. I can't have my Heat losing. Oh, we're going to turn up the heat with Hawk and Crowder. The University of Miami 2020 football schedule has been released. My main takeaway, no FIU on the schedule. Bunch of cowards. <laughs> they running. They running, Salada. They running. I mean, they don't want the Panthers twice. No, they running. They don't want the Panthers twice. They don't want Butch Davis twice in a row. They don't want them, Crowder. I got you, baby. Balls up. Ah, today was a historic day for the Hurricanes. A lot of great things happening for the U. We're going to touch on that with Hawk and Crowder in about five minutes right here on the Best of the Joe Show.
Welcome back to the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day, and this is one of my guys right here, Perry Farrell, porno for pyros, pets. In fact, on Tuesday on the Hawk and Crowder Show, we usually do a Cheers 2 Tuesday, and my Cheers 2 was Perry Farrell because not only did he pull off a virtual Lollapalooza music festival that usually takes place in Chicago this past weekend, But he reunited Jane's Addiction. They hadn't been together for about a year. And he reunited Porno for Pyros for a performance. And they hadn't been together in 24 years. So let's bask in the glory that is Perry Farrell, Porno for Pyros, with their greatest song, Pets. I was so happy, too, when I said Perry Farrell. Hawk said, oh, I know who that is. Jane's Addiction, Porn Over Pyros. Great, great, great. Pet's one of the greatest songs I've ever heard. I said, that's my dude-dude right there. Hawk knows. Crowder didn't, but he respected Pets very much. So, Hawk and Crowder, we're on the same page. We're on the same team. Solana kind of knew about him a little bit. Sometimes you can never tell with his bag of bits. But it's always a good time. It's always your dude-dudes, Hawk. Crowder, Solana, myself, on the radio, on the radio.com app, wherever you stream, weekdays from 2 to 6 Eastern, because we're here in Miami in the East Coast time zone, weekdays, having fun, making it happen, and celebrating life and sports. So what did Hawk and Crowder get into earlier today? One second, Perry Farrell. Welcome back, Porno for Pyros. Making great pets, great music. Okay, Hawk and Crowder earlier today celebrating Hurricanes history being made. Yeah! Headlines also blow on it. The Clemson Cupcakes. Oh, and another reason to celebrate. Today is National IPA Day. Yay! Not gonna lie. I expected a little rocky like a hurricane. Can't get a little reggae. I've been begging for reggae for four years. You get a little reggae, man. But, I mean, this is one of the biggest days in Miami Hurricanes history. <laughs> Why? Because the schedule or, or old Leonard? The combo. You got you got Leonard Taylor and you got the schedule. Because I don't know about you. I poured over the Hurricane schedule. Now, I have them undefeated this season and next season. <laughs> Y'all lost all your cupcakes, man. Y'all got to play real teams now. We're going to talk about it today. Leonard Taylor, that's big news. He commits to the University of Miami. What are you doing there, Solana? Are you flexing out on me with uh, with your FIU Panther pride by not giving me some Rocky like a hurricane? Uh, you'll have your time to gloat with John Michaels coming up soon, and we're not going to get ahead of ourselves here. That's all right. right. He sounds right. unbelievably loud to me, by the way. Did he sound loud to you? Yeah, yeah. He just took his yeah. mask off, I, though. I could tell. I don't, yeah, but I don't know what it, it just like it just my uh, headphones out there. So make sure all our levels are good. So, but the Heat play the Bucks this afternoon, which by the way will give us a great opportunity to go into our bag of bits and pull out a whole bunch of Antetokounmpo uh, mispronunciations. I have to cough. Excuse me. Hmm. 
I muted my microphone. I muted my microphone. You know what I did? I uh, I'm drinking a coffee, and every now and then you get like a coffee ground or something. I think that's what the what's going on here. And and uh, completely completely uh, on the it's a it's a Keurig. I I don't know how to filter it any better. (laughs) Completely on the side. Does anyone know how to get mayo out of a computer keyboard? Asking for a friend. Me. Mayonnaise. Yeah, mayonnaise. (laughs) Mayonnaise. Maybe OJ Mayo. I didn't know if he was OJ. <laughs> Mayonnaise. So we've got uh, Big Canes news to talk about today. We've got Marlins mania sweeping South Florida. NFL opt-out deadline is 4 o'clock this afternoon. So let's headlines here with Alejandro Solana. I will tell you, Hawk, you are breaking up just a tad. Not as bad as yesterday to start the show, but just a tad here. All right, let me blow on it. <laughs> That's your answer to everything, huh? Well, when uh, when you used to be a kid growing up in the '70s, the cartridge, when the cartridge would start to uh, you know shake and shudder, you'd have to blow on. So, how's that? How do I sound now, Solana? Uh, I think you might have to blow on it a little more. How about now? Should I restart while you're doing the uh, headlines, or am I okay? No, no, you sound good. I think I, I think blowing on it worked. Oh, quit playing with your microphone, man. You be jiggling and my... playing and blowing your microphone. Leave your mic alone. <laughs> It's my mantra. All right, go ahead, Solana. <laughs> so the University of Miami 2020 football schedule has been released. My main takeaway, no FIU on the schedule. Bunch of cowards. <laughs> they running. They running, Solana. They running. I mean, they don't want the Panthers twice. Oh, they running. They don't want the Panthers <laughs> twice. They don't want Butch Davis twice in a row. They don't want him, Crowder. Rawr, rawr, I got you, baby. Balls oh, up. goodness. I mean, you guys, both of you, just sit and eat it today. FIU going to talk smack. Hey, oh, Leonard, Leonard Taylor, Taylor hurt me. He ghosted Leonard Taylor you. Hurt me. He ghosted Bro, you. Bro, that boy can ball. I watched a little highlight reel before the show today. That yeah. man is a monster. Yeah. Now, uh, there's there's this uh, caveat, though. Uh, we have to have football. Not so much for Leonard, though, Hall. We talked a little bit about it before the show. Leonard, can he can have a year. They can right, he's got him. a year. Yep. It's these transfers, De'Eric King, yep. and I, uh, he slipped my mind that defensive end that came in. Bro, th- this their this their last shot at college football. Yeah, totally different ball game, and and obviously we were you know you're you're talking about the schedule too. Like you had De'Eric King was going to face off against a bunch of cupcakes for the most part, yeah. and probably put up really gaudy numbers, which in his echelon could mean millions of dollars. Yeah. And now he's going to be, you know, I mean, they it's the preseason number one team in the nation, Clemson. Like, that, I'm assuming you don't just pad your stats against Clemson. You know, you know I'm a Kane hater. Right? It's my thing on the show. I don't hate him as much as I act, but I'm a Gator, so we, we don't really love you. But I feel bad for De'Eric King, though, because he, like, mm-hmm. he came to show out. But to yep. your point, Hawk, like his show out ability is going to be limited by this adjustment from COVID. So yes, they, yep. those these fifth year, six year seniors, I really do feel bad for all of them. And and, and I don't uh, I don't imagine the NCAA or the NFL would make some sort of special stipulation there. It would just be kind of the way they've done with Major League Baseball and the minor leagues or whatever. Like they, it's just it is what it is. If you were good enough to play in the NFL, use the footage that you have from uh, from college. Yeah, man. But like De'Ara King, the, the, this was his this was his chance sure. to get that get that footage. Hawk, you hit it on the head. Like De'Ara King, he they looked back at Houston. Yeah, he gets he goes in the sixth or seventh round. He went out there this year and threw for four thousand, ran for uh, nine hundred exactly. or something. I'm talking about second round, bro. That's a gap of about four or five, six million dollars. Yep. That's yep. what I do. I feel bad for all these older players in college football. So uh, by the way, UM they'll open versus UAB September 10th. They'll play FSU 
September 26th. They have Clemson in October. It's 11 games with two open dates. So two, uh, I guess we can call them either bye weeks or rescheduling weeks. Yeah, I think they're going to end up being floating. Uh, <laughs> I think you end up with a Marlin situation where you're actually playing three college football games in one day, each game 10 minutes. <laughs> the Marlins travel with 30 and 17 people got COVID. College football teams, bro, they're moving 100-plus people with them when they travel. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's We're going to talk about the schedule, be, by the way, in the next segment. Yeah. John Michael. I don't want to be pessimistic, us. bro, but it's, just, it's not looking good. Some more big news for UM, five-star defensive tackle Leonard Taylor. He commits to the University of Miami. Talk to me, Johnny. And some more, even <laughs> some, some more big UM news. Former Canes baseball coach, a legend down in Coral Gables, Jim Morris. Yes. He was elected to the College Baseball Hall of Fame Class of 2020. Let's go. Now we're talking, Solana. I mean, how much good Canes news do we need before we fire off the rock you like a hurricane and give everybody what they deserve? Everybody take your pants off. That's how y'all celebrate? Hey man. Crank it up, Solana. <laughs> you're not gonna change you're not gonna turn me over at that. Everybody <laughs> take your pants off. <laughs> Everybody sing it together with your pants around your ankles. <laughs> Talking to you ladies. I'm the FIU fan. Are y'all getting naked, Solana? Goodness gracious. <laughs> Don't fade it out. I want to get to the hook, Solana. <laughs> All right. Don't, don't goof around on a day like today. Yeah, y'all got Leonard. Here Think we go. James Williams Leonard. and Leonard Taylor, Sap, and Jim Henry. Morris going to there the Hall go. of Fame. Crank it up. That's what I'm talking about. Undefeated schedule. What's the team name? Clemson Cupcakes. You gonna go at them, bro? Go at nah, Florida strike State. Strike that. Strike that. Uh, yes. Strike that from the uh, podcast. Hawk, go at Florida State. Florida State's garbage. <laughs> Goofy ass Norvell ain't gonna do nothing about it. Florida State. Who? There we go. FS go at them. <laughs> go at them. Go at them. All right. Finish up the headlines, there, Solana. We have a big game today, 4 p.m. on 7:00. Yeah. The ticket: Heat versus Bucks. No Jimmy Butler. Goran Dragic still questionable. He's day-to-day after twisting or falling uh, uh, awkwardly on that ankle the other day against the Celtics. Guys, the Bucks nine-point favorites today. How many Giannis Antetokounmpo mispronunciations do we have? Uh, a ton. We have a ton. All right. All right. I see three on the show sheet. That's why I was asking. Yeah, I mean, I always like to, uh, you know, overpromise, underdeliver. That's kind of my mantra. <laughs> so is it just the three I'm looking at? Yeah. And, and okay, only, so why? Two, only two are, are I, readily available at the moment. So really, we did, only have two. So you didn't even get the other one ready? It's it's ready, but I totally forgot that we're not in the waxy studio today. So I, I'm just all mixed all up. All right, yeah, I got you. I'm all okay. mixed up. Yeah. All right. The Marlins, they won two games yesterday. They're <laughs> doubleheader. So bad. <laughs> that boy, good. Good and terrible. Good and terrible. <laughs> they took both of their games yesterday, doubleheader in Baltimore. Yeah. Today they'll play, they'll look for a sweep against the Orioles, 7.35 p.m. Friend of the show, Jordan Yamamoto, on the mound for the fish. Ah, we love Yamamoto. Yeah. Friend of the show, Todd Hollinsworth, going to join us in the 3 o'clock hour. Finally, guys, today is National IPA Day. Ooh, 
Oh, oh, oh crap. Oh, that is your day, man. Oh, goodness. Let me take your pants off. Everybody take your pants off. <laughs> I didn't know it was IPA day. I'll get naked on IPA day. Oh. Uh, you got any weather or anything, Solana? No, hop no weather. Gun. Ooh, that hop gun. All right. My pants have been off all day. You don't have to ask me twice. Nah, but National IPA Day. Mm-hmm. That hop gun from Funky Buddha. Drink about four of those. Whoo, you ready to go sleep in the sun on the beach? Also, Highly. Highlight's a really good IPA. They got some good craft IPAs, I'll tell you. You get those crafties. Mm, woo! Lagunitas, if you want to go out to California. I'm getting excited about National IPA Day. I need a couple of IPAs because the Pelicans lost. Even sadder than that, the Heat were beating the Bucks by 23. They ended up losing by 14. So both the Pelicans and the Heat lost. Giannis Antetokounmpo, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. You'll understand in just a minute. He went off. At first he had some troubles, but then just started going and going and scoring. And he was unstoppable at the end. It's okay. The Heat are in the playoffs no matter what. Pelicans probably won't make the playoffs, so I'm guessing when it comes to the playoffs, I will be watching a whole lot of heat, hopefully a whole lot of heat basketball. Maybe the Pelicans will sneak in some way, shape, or form. I don't know. But in honor of Giannis Antetokounmpo going off today, even though it was against the heat, we're going to have the mispronunciations that they did play on the Hawk and Crowder show. This is the GOAT, Eric Reed, the greatest Onto Tacumpo call, maybe of all time. for three. <laughs> I love it. He's like a tightrope walker. And you know how sometimes tightrope walkers want to lay down or like want to jump and switch feet? That's what Eric Reed is doing. He's walking, he's steady, he's like, here comes the jump. Make that jump. For three. And then he lands back down. For three. Okay, we're back. We're back. We're back. Now here is Stacy King announcing Giannis's last name. You just start seeing letters and they all start just melting together. So I guess he saw some C's and some R's and everything like that. The great Marv Albert. Yes. He even made the mistake. Here's him at an all-star game just failing. And even presidents. Oh, I mean, I would say presidents are apt to make mistakes sometimes, but uh, nonetheless, here is Obama taking his shot at Greek Freak. Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> it's just so great hearing him get caught up in the air. Giannis Antetokounmpo. And you can see, like, they're reading, they're good, they're professional speakers, announcers, they have the voice, they have the confidence, and then you see that word and you're just like, oh! And there's no time to process it, so you get stuff like this. for three. And here's Marv Albert with the long call at the 2017 All-Star Game. for three. Got to throw the Eric Reed one in there one more time. That one just makes me smile, but I'm not going to lie. At first, I couldn't say, and now they got me messed up. Antetokounmpo at all. 
hardly barely got Giannis sometimes. Some people still say Giannis, and then they go Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's fun right there. My name's easier. It's Dan Day. D-A-N-D-A-Y. If someone gets it wrong, whoo. They need a blooper reel. They need to put that on their blooper reel. Thanks so much for listening. Remember to download the podcast wherever you get your podcast for absolutely free, the radio.com app, or you can go to our website, wqam.com. This is the best of the Joe show. Later, slug. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend it here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.